Good morning, Peter. Uh, it's lovely to be here. Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's a nationwide problem. It's probably an international problem, to be honest. Um, but yeah, Claire, in particular, I think it was highlighted a number of years ago with you know Michael Harty and kind of you know from a political point of view, and you know no no what was the slogan they had no GP no village or something you know and it really got to the essence of it that if you lose a post office if you use, lose your GP the essence of a village is, is lost and people can't find it hard to actually kind of continue to really function in that small rural area but it's across the board in the rural sp- settings what we have is people are, um, GPs will not take up the lists of um, the traditional list where you're in a very rural area you're the sole GP for that area you have huge responsibilities and you're trying to manage the on-call and everything else. And if you need locum cover to go on on holiday, if you have somebody who's sick, a child that's sick, and uh, you know, you can't get somebody to cover you even for half a day. And it's really difficult and it's very difficult to leave patients then uncovered as well. So people don't want to take on that responsibility. So that's one issue. But even like, we, so I, li- I work in Centric, which is a big practice. There's a large number of GPs there, but we find it impossible to get cover as well. Um, um, you know, it's a different thing. We cover each other. So in some ways, the actual the working um, situation is a far more pleasant one. But still, it's really, really hard. And there's many reasons for it. One of them and one of the ones that's highlighted so much is the fact that young doctors are leaving the country. I have to say that has always happened. Ever since, you know, time started, I, you know, doctors, as soon as they were qualified, had to leave Ireland because there's a limited amount of experience you get in a country like Ireland. So it has always been the case that doctors left. What's happening now is that maybe they're not coming back as frequently. Um, what did used to happen is people left, they were quite, they went to the UK, Canada, Australia, um, the US to get more kind of like specialist training, which they needed and couldn't get in Ireland, but then would try and come back to get roles in Ireland. And that may not be happening so much anymore because the um, the work-life balance is so much better in other countries. And I'm not talking about income, I'm talking about the whole balance, the whole picture there. Um add to that that um, we have a lot of GPs and doctors in general who are retiring and they worked differently to the doctors that are coming in now want to work and what I would say about that is that I admire the younger generation because they do not want to work the way I worked when I started. They don't want to work on uh, doing Saturday morning surgeries, evening surgeries, working a 60 hour week. They want to work a family friendly um, timing and that's men and women And what's happening is we're not training them to actually kind of work in the old system. We're training them to work in the new system, but it takes two of those doctors to fill a space of an older doctor that would have worked these ridiculous hours. So that's one of the reasons why the manpower crisis is there. We actually aren't training enough of them and we're not training them properly. Um, As as somebody who lives in rural care and growing up there, the local doctor, whether it was very local or in a neighbouring parish, was somebody that you felt you could always contact, no mm. matter what time of the day or night. Yeah, and, and, and that was a that was a lovely thing and that was the traditional role of a doctor and but you have to see you have to see that's not sustainable with modern life. Um, 
it's not sustainable with like, you know, a lot of the GPs who are qualifying are women, they have young children, they can't be expected to be available at the drop of a hat. You know, so how do you manage that? And until it, it's acknowledged in the training systems and in the jobs that the HSC are providing or offering that, that people need to work differently, we'll ha- this crisis will continue. There is initiatives coming out to actually train more GPs. So that's good. There's more places on the training schemes. And so I trained doctors. So there'd be a few GPs around the, the county of Clare and around the country who take in a doctor for a year and they work in the practice. And then after two years of that, they're actually qualified to work in a, a practice themselves. So they're bringing in more of those. There was a restricted number and now I think it's doubled in the last couple of years. And there's another initiative that's come in very recently, which is the non-EU um, ICGP training initiative, where doctors who have been qualified outside of the EU can actually, if they have enough experience, come and actually have an accelerated training programme to be qualified as um uh, doctors for the GMS system in, in, in Ireland and we have two of those doctors in our in our surgery at the moment so there, there are things that are coming in but they're slow and you know even with that it, we still have the issues around the work-life balance there's still issues so what you just said about the traditional role of you know Dr so-and-so was fabulous he'd come to you any time of day or night <laughs> you know that that just can't happen and won't happen anymore. I mean, in a way, that spoils people in that they yeah. thought, well, this is the way it is. And, and it, it was the way it is. But unfortunately, there was other issues around that. You know, somebody, the training is very different now. The expectations of a doctor are very different now. What the doctor in the in 1960s Ireland had to know and what the doctor now has to know is vastly different um, the competencies are vastly different the the amount of drugs that we need to manage the complexities around um, health in general have changed there's also another issue the medical legal side of it Ireland is very litigious and we have to be incredibly cautious about how we manage things we have a system as well where we have people who desperately do not want to go anywhere near our secondary centres you know in, in Limerick in particular like it seems to be one of the one of the worst things I could do to a patient right now is actually say you need to go into Limerick. They'll beg and plead and do anything other than go into the, our hospital, which is our backup centre. So we have so many other pressures on us that weren't there a number of years ago. When I started working in, in Ennis, we could send people across the road into Ennis. Um, and it is, I'm not saying that that's what it needs to be now. This again is about complexities of care. But you know, we don't have that option anymore. Now I'm, I'm, I feel cruel when I send somebody into UHL. I mean, you, the GP is under pressure from many conceived from several, several angles, mm. really. Absolutely. And, and the, the thing is as well, we all know, and, I, you know, we all know about the, the difficulties in secondary care. And always when people are talking about the health crisis, they're talking about budgets and it's always throw money at the hospital situation or kind of say, well, you know, the primary care system can actually mop it up. We can't. We can't if we don't have enough staff. We can't if we don't have the backup. And we can't if we... Um, if we're not being acknowledged from uh, the the government side of things as well, and as well the hospitals, can't, I'll have a little tiny rant if you don't mind, oh, Peter. Rant, yeah. <laughs> this morning I had the first letter that um, traced me. Wonderful admin. She kind of said, "There's a letter here from this girl who was sur- scheduled for surgery last week, and it was cancelled due to overcrowding." 
the hospital are insisting on another referral from me to have her put back onto the system. Now she was cancelled, she's in the system, she's due her surgery, she's been seen and assessed, but they insisted on a letter from me to say that she needed to go back into the hospital, she should go back on the list. Now that's a waste of my time, my admin's time, this poor patient is upset. The system is a mess in so many ways. And what happens is it's the really, really good staff that work in it get overwhelmed and maybe leave the system because they they just can't deal with the the inadequacies of some of the managerial decisions that are made. And I mean, I can sense your frustration. It's palpable. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But it's very understandable. And, you know, you've been in the system for many years. Somebody Mm. coming in could be overwhelmed. Oh, yeah, like we thankfully have a you know a new doctor who started with us a couple of weeks ago, and he's kind of bamboozled at the moment. He's come from the NHS, lovely guy, um, but it's 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 different, and you kind of go, why is it so difficult to access things? Like the Irish healthcare system is extremely good when you're ill and when you're in it. Getting into it is just so difficult Um, and unfortunately we only hear the negatives about it then as well we hear about the trolley crisis every day we hear about you know somebody who was discharged on and and, you know appropriately we hear about the unfortunate difficulties or mistakes that happen and nobody goes into work as a as a, a a medic ever intending to harm somebody but these things happen because of the overwhelming nature of the work that we're exposed to um, and what probably we need to hear more about the good things and there is a lot of very very good things that happen in the Irish system but the manpower issue is a massive one um, pharmacists can issue some repeat prescriptions has that helped in any small way to alleviate workload? It, it, it has. I'd love if it was uh, expanded. Um, and I think the pharmacists would love it too because they're so well qualified and so capable. And it's very frustrating for them to have to say, well, yeah, actually, this is what your child's problem is, but you have to go to a doctor for a script. And the legalities of that are so messy. So, um, yeah, I'd love if there were seen to be other avenues we could go. But what really probably has to happen from a manpower point of view, we need to train doctors differently. They Need to, we need to acknowledge that they're not working the way they used to and we need to train more of them and we need to make the the package, as in the whole package, the, the work-life balance that they can create a more attractive thing for them to stay in Ireland. Um, issues surrounding uh, the issuing of visas has been highlighted in the past for doctors I think outside the EU, mm. is that something that's been addressed? I think it has. This non-EU kind of training programme has helped for people who are appropriately trained already. Like you don't want to issue visas for people who are, you know, barely trained or we don't know what they're, they, you know, is it an equivalent qualification? Um, there are other issues around people who have been qualified here and are working here, but if they, if they are working less than a, a year they can't get a stamp and they can't get a job if they don't have a stamp. And some of them are people who actually have qualified in Ireland. So there's many little issues, but immigration law and policy is a, is a, is a difficult area. And I, I would certainly know nothing about that. Um, sh- sh- should the government look at maybe, or maybe they are already doing that kind of, for want of a better phrase, a marketing campaign to try to get back some of the Irish GPs who have immigrated? I I think so. I think was there something about um, was Simon Harris heading over for Jollies in Australia to try and get them back or something? I shouldn't say that. 
I heard something around that. But yes, I'm sure they're, they are probably trying to. Like I know when I, I went to Australia for a short period of time and um, I went because there was a recruitment thing. I was thinking about it and they gave me this fabulous setup where I had a, a job, an apartment um, and I knew what I was dealing with and you know so I went on that basis people coming back to Ireland now don't know what's ahead of them they don't know what sort of um, they may actually apply for a job in rural Clare but they don't really know what sort of facilities are there to back them up is there an IT system is there admin staff is there anything they don't know so uh, that's what needs to be improved and if there was an, a, a kind of a communication deficit it's around that it's around what services we have to back you up when you're here you know so if they want to go over and tell the lads on per, in on the beaches in Perth that uh, <laughs> they'll be looked after by admin staff and proper IT, I'm sure that might get them back. <laughs> and uh, just finally, Mara, I mean, you sound frustrated. Is is there any bit of optimism there that maybe this might be, if not resolved, alleviated somewhat? That. I mean, you can see it in all parts of, of, well, I won't say all parts of this county, many parts of this county where Mm. you don't have enough doctors and, Mm. you know, doctors who are there cannot take on more people. It's just not feasible. Oh, I know. And and it's causing huge worry to... And I think it's causing an awful lot of frustration with patients. And, you know, we hear that and, you you know, you hear people say, I can't get an appointment for four weeks or... And that, you know, now in almost every situation, if something is an emergency, it will be seen that we do an absolute best and all doctors will do to try and kind of see people. Um, But as far as optimism, I, I suppose there are some kind of green shoots or some kind of optimism there, but... Really, I think it's about how we we have to acknowledge that the 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 way general practice and medicine in general is thought and how it's been worked now is different to how it was previously. And until that's acknowledged, I don't think um, we will in address this manpower crisis in any real way. 